episode 21 is that really the episode we're on we're on episode 21 okay well then welcome to episode 21 that right there is rob zaleski and that right there that there's morgan baird howdy how you doing <laughs> doing pretty good ain't yourself uh, just been hunting ducks oh how the ducks today juicy oh shit about to make me some foie gras. <laughs> about to get my whole family a big old tin of foie gras. You gonna drink some agua to wash that fogwa down? Not in this household. Ain't no Spanish. We only speak French around here. Oh. Yeah. So what are you gonna have then? What French beverage? Probably La Croix. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fancy. That's a fancy duck hunting drink you got there. Oh yeah, I like the way the bubbles tickle my tongue. Mm. Reminds me of the bubbles that tickle my toes in the jacuzzi. I am having a tough time pinning down your lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> well, I make a special type of jacuzzi in the bed of my truck by putting oh. down a tarp. I put down a blue tarp. You ever seen a tarp this blue? Yeah, I seen it on Pinterest. I tried to make a, a back bed a back, truck jacuzzi a back bed truck myself. Jacuzzi on yeah. Pinterest. Yo, it's probably my Pinterest you are on. <laughs> I am a man of high culture and also much prejudice. <laughs> <laughs> your accent is shifting. <laughs> Now you're like a rich Georgian man, maybe <laughs> yeah. somewhere All in Georgia, <laughs> instead of like Alabama, you where know, I was putting you before. The distinctions that we draw between mm. ourselves and other people. Ah, uh, what are they? Uh, temporary illusions. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Everybody write so, that down. <laughs> yeah, we're at Burning Man right now. <laughs> learning such valuable lessons as this. <laughs> yes. Uh, anticipating the lessons we will learn while we're at Burning Man yeah. as you listen to this. Right. We are going to be dissolving our egos. Mm-hmm. What else? Uh, truck maybe bed a, jacuzzi. Yeah. <laughs> maybe truck a, bed jacuzzi. <laughs> maybe a kundalini workshop. Some kundalini. Um, Moving some our energies around. life force, uh, holistic, holotropic breathing, probably. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to explore rolfing, um, <laughs> which is not known whether it's safe or not, but okay. I'm going to explore. Safety third. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to explore rolfing. Excellent. I can't wait. That sounds Do you remember like a the journey. Muppet Rolf? I think his name was Rolf, <laughs> not Ralph. He was the dog that played a piano. He's oh. Probably a, a B-side Muppet. He's kind of one of the deeper cuts of the Muppets. <laughs> is that the Muppet character you most feel like you are? No. Okay. What is? What is yours? Because you've had time to think of this question. I'm, I'm struggling for a second. <laughs> yeah. I spent all week thinking about it. Okay. And then I was able to draw the conclusion that I am the Muppet that is uh, Fonzie. Is that a Muppet? Fozzie Bear. Fozzie Bear? Fonzie is a character on Happy Days. I thought that was the Fonz. Oh, Fonz. Fonz. Arthur Fonzarelli, right? That's... I think he goes by the Fonz and Fonzie and Arthur Fonz. I didn't know that was his full name, but I think he's a man of many nicknames. Yeah, he's the type of guy who embraces nicknames. Yeah, and you could too. Um, I was kind of talking about the goofy, dorky bear with the 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 tie and the hat and the hat and the and the tomatoes thrown at him on stage when he does his crummy jokes. Oh. And sometimes a big cane pops out and pulls him off stage. <laughs> He's hooked by a cane. Yeah, that actually <laughs> really feels like me. More me than yeah, I initially knew yeah. as I made that suggestion. <laughs> Doesn't he say that? Sure, yeah. Yeah, I'm not that familiar with the Muppets, obviously. Okay. I was stalling when I was trying to come up with my answer just to name one that wasn't Kermit uh, or Miss Piggy. Sure. So I could name that little a mouse. dozen Muppets quickly. I liked that little mouse <clears throat> that was always just kind of there. Mm. What's you think of Rizzo the Rat? Rizzo the Rat. That's yeah, right. He's a rat. Okay. Um, I mean, close. I am all of the Muppets oh, and none of them oh. at the same time. Boy, if that isn't a cop-out answer. I am both Jim Henson <laughs> and the guy who played Elmo and had those um, sexual misconduct charges filed against him. I am both Carol Linney. I am the mountain. I am the steeple. I am the... I am Oscar the Grouch when I have just awoken, awakened. Oh. And Ooh, I we're am, counting Sesame Street I in am, this. Uh, All yeah. of the Muppet. I thought it was just like the Muppets yeah. brand There's, Muppets, brand name Muppets. Okay, but there is overlap. Sometimes there will be some cross. Play. Okay, then I'm Big Bird. Fuck that shit. Why Big would I Bird? even go with the Muppets? I'm Big Bird. Did you ever know that Big Bird was scheduled to fly on the Challenger? And what? Carol 
Spinney, I believe his name, Carol Linney or Carol Spinney, um, okay. is like 6'4", the actor who plays oh. Big Bird. And they could not fit the suit in the the space shuttle cabin. I mean, in so, terms of conservation of space, Big Bird seems like a bad choice. They were going to send Big Bird up to like show, make kids interested in space exploration oh, and give I mean, them like an cute. investment but of... Pick a more compact one. Pick Elmo. Pick Grover. Sure. But Big Bird was like the heart and soul I of know. the show. And, and um, I, I think... Yeah, it's maybe one of the ones where the the actor was actually in the costume rather than behind it. Yeah. So like you could show the whole bird. Um, Elmo says, "I want to go to space." Yeah, if you ever notice, Elmo's <laughs> often like sitting on a wall, or there's some there's some kind oh. of barrier right under Elmo. There's something else blocking the line of sight because they're hiding a puppeteer. That's what's really happening. So anyway, um, instead they sent uh, Sally Ride up into space. Who? The teacher, the school oh. teacher who died in the Challenger explosion. <laughs> oh. It was tragic. She, she, her second grade class was watching the day that their teacher oh, was going into space, as was most God. children in the... Uh, this came up in the last episode, mm-hmm. where I was like, you could ask the You girl brought it up twice, was. is what you're saying. <laughs> I am. Well, it's fine. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's yeah, great. I'm making a connection now. Yeah, it's totally The good. brain works in, totally in mysterious good. ways. Rob works in mysterious ways. Totally. Totally. Um, anyway. That teacher died, but Big Bird almost died on the Challenger explosion. And what, what a, a save. fucking what a seriously though. Like imagine if the most beloved children's icon died live on national television in an explosion going into space. And it was a bird. We don't even have so that he could today. have flown anyway. <laughs> right. Just, wow, just go that's higher. Just go so a little ironic. higher, bird. <laughs> just keep flapping. Just try not to let your your feathers burst when yeah. you leave the atmosphere. Pretty oh my sure god. Big Bird was flightless, but Yeah, I know. I know. Like an you see that guy? He's not lifting into air. Yeah. You know how big the feet are? Just the feet alone. Giant. Yeah. Giant. He's not like aerodynamically designed. Yeah. Probably went swimming in a couple He's pear-shaped. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a pear-shaped body. Um, wow. I mean, that's not really advice, but if that's not interesting <laughs> to you, then- Fuck you. You can find another podcast. Just Quit. kidding. I recommend the Joe Rogan podcast, episode 975. Stop plugging Joe Rogan. <laughs> we need this. <laughs> Okay. Just kidding. You're just trying to like link us to Joe yeah. Rogan in people's minds. Yeah. Okay. No, I just was making a callback joke to the I know. the no free advice episode that we did two weeks ago. I see. Yeah. Yeah. But Rob, that, that was beautiful, episode. by the way. Thank you. I'm really happy with that. With me recording that and releasing it to the people. And the way that you did it. Thank you. And the special Eunice that it was. Thank you. I'll let you know I was in bed falling asleep and I was like, oh, fuck, I didn't do that. And it's about to be Wednesday morning. It was like 1 a.m. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, I'll get up. It's going to take one minute. I'll just record the thing. And then yeah. I got a little more into it and did the like slow down sound effect of free <laughs> advice. Yeah, that was beautiful. Hey guys, yeah, that was like a, I'll make it a little. Late night creative mi- moment. Yeah, exactly. A little I, late I night I have trouble cookie? stopping myself when I can start noticing opportunities uh, for jokes and adornments. Is that They're a disadvantage? It can be when I, um, when, when, um. Perfect seems better than done. Yeah. I'm all about perfect being better than done. I mean. And there are many situations where it's not. Oh, yeah. No, no. My point is like I fall into that pitfall all the time. Yeah. That was (laughs) really a trap that stopped me from doing it at all that night. Right. You know, because I've got these other 10 jokes I could cram into this thing and then I don't do it. Yeah. You don't take step one because you make the project so big before it even exists Mm -hmm. that you're like, well, fuck that. Yes. I do that all the time. The child in me, um, scorning mm. the adult. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Good stuff. Yeah, it is. So what do you think about diving into the meat of this here I'd like episode? to know if you want any advice. Okay. Specifically pertaining to Burning Man, since that's where oh, we are right now. Right. In the future. Hey, Rob. Us, but in the present. I'm very dusty. Listener. Can you dust off my shoulder right now? <clears throat> sure. <laughs> All right. Was listen. that advice? Or... Listen. <laughs> What happened to yes and? Uh, that was kind of no fuck you. I said sure. <laughs> it was underwhelming. Um, yeah, no. So how about, how about Jacob's yes ands for me in improv last night when uh, we were wow, doing hexagon? Do you yeah. remember my initiations and then him just just totally denying them? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> that was fun. The audience likes that though. I mean, they like watching Give the people what they want. <laughs> it is bad improv, and I feel yeah. like I should communicate that to him of like, hey, your scenes will be more successful. But the problem is they might actually be worse initially because he's getting a laugh from the denial that he may have to give that up in order to get to a more sophisticated play style. What a 
gem of advice you just deposited there. Thank you. I don't think he's a um, longtime listener, but maybe we'll convert him. And not to him, just in general. Oh, okay. <laughs> to improvisers? Yeah, yeah, sure. If you're getting big laughs out of denying the reality that your partner has established, it can be tough. Like many things, you have to get worse before you get better. That's kind of, it was less about improv mm-hmm. and more about the curve of, of difficult personal growth. Yeah. And learning a new skill. There's often a dip and like, like if you're someone, touch typing is another one. If you're someone who looks at the keyboard, it's going to really slow you down initially to learn to rest your fingers on the home keys and touch type properly. You're going to be like, oh, I'm writing so much slower, but you're going to write so much faster once you learn this technique. Or. Talking to you, mom and dad. Speaking of talking to moms and dads, when you yeah. adjust your golf swing, yeah, you're terrible for What's a while. What's wrong with your parents' golf swings? I don't know, but they're always working on them. <laughs> okay, good. Seems important. I don't have enough data. My point was, I was going to make that reference earlier, and then you said moms and dads, and I was like, yeah. well, this you is- You don't have enough data? I don't have enough up. dad. Oh. oh. <laughs> Too busy working on his golf swing. <laughs> Just kidding. I love you, dad. Uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. did we- Oh, uh, advice for Burning Man. Yeah. Let's see. So the theme for Burning Man this year is metamorphosis. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And What kind of moth do you want to become? I assume you want to be a moth, right? Yeah, because that's the most appealing of <laughs> flighted organisms. Um, Big bird. <laughs> but thanks for interrupting me. Um, you're yeah, welcome. So, yeah, you're, you're welcome to the you're welcome. Um, so I have been contemplating a lot. This is my second year going to Burning Man. Mm-hmm. And so I've been contemplating a lot about my metam- the metamorphosis that has taken place between last year going yeah. and this year. Yeah. And what are the things that I'm hoping will be the same? What are the things that I'm hoping to draw attention to how much I've changed mm-hmm. and, and learned and grown and blah, blah, blah. And I'm sure there will be new things that I can't even anticipate. Um, but what do you feel like would be a good framework for assessing that change? For looking at how you changed? Mm-hmm. I think looking back at photographs and mm. if you journaled any or have any like memorabilia from last year, look at the milestones of like, what did you feel like when you were packing? What did you feel like when you arrived? Yeah. What did you feel like when the man was burning? When you made your first meal, the first night sleeping, Ugh, there those various so many milestones <laughs> and then compare that with this year. So some of it is just going to be knowledge that you're like, all right, that used to be a mystery in my head of how do I even sleep at night? How disruptive is the sound going to be? And what's the weather going to be like? Now you have that knowledge and some of it will be you recognizing changes in the way that you deal with struggle or yeah. difficulty. And um, I think that'll be really interesting to you. So I'd say beforehand, just take like... 15 minutes or something to look through old photos or writings, or if you still have like a ticket stub or uh, <laughs> you probably don't, probably or don't. Like, I don't know, a map or a calendar schedule of events, something like that. And then revisit like, Oh yeah. What were the meaningful moments in it? And then um, try to let go of having the same experience or recreating that this time. I certainly don't want to do that. Sure. You don't want to have the exact same thing. There may be like feelings that you still want to experience there that you had last year. Definitely. Um, wonder. And just be mindful of that without being too attached to like, if oh, if wonder doesn't come up right away. I'm sure it will. Maybe. I'll, be, I'll yeah, have wonder immediately. Probably. It's hard to go there and not feel that way. It's the like the predominant emotion. The <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Oh, remember working, rock, walking around that first night and mm-hmm. taking it in the playa at night? Well, for me, it was the first time. Not really. I'm trying really? to remember that night. Yeah. I mean, um, I remember walking around several nights, but I, I'm having... That first night exploring, we, like we rode the, the art car and yeah. we walked around the, the, yeah, the like art exhibits. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was yeah, fun. I do remember. <clears throat> cool. It was fun. Sorry, guys, for just like us no standing problem. here reliving our... I'm not apologizing to you. Okay. <laughs> for us just standing here, I mean, sitting, whatever. Doesn't matter what position we're guys, in. we're standing up. <laughs> but we are episode. standing. <laughs> We normally sit. This yeah. is a foray into a whole new It's thing. giving you a little bit more ability to move towards the mic that you're on your feet. So I just want you to be mindful <laughs> of the distance. And I'm not using uh, the, the forbidden <laughs> phrase. I'm just trying to tell you that like as you're upright, you have more of a yes, tilt. Yes, yes, and yes, that yes. can mean that you're leaning in at moments that is making you a little loud. Okay. Great. I'm trying to curate a certain dynamism. Yeah. And I'm also sort of making an excuse for poor mic mm, technique. I think it's more Which that. okay well yeah of course you got to do it more right after i stop you from tell you to stop doing it just to assert yourself great glad you got that out of your system how can we move on yes dad great great do you have any advice 
that I want? Yeah. No, I'm perfect. Um, awesome. Should we <laughs> yeah, let's go to the lightning go round? To the, let's go to the fucking lightning round. <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to add real lightning sound effects up the production value through I the roof. I can't wait. Premium. Just like the lightning coming right through your roof. Sometimes. Um, all right. This first lightning round question comes to us from Talia Alzia. Aliza. Talia Aliza. Talia Aliza. Trying to get my family to switch to almond milk. It's actually really good and good for you. They won't even give it a chance. They won't even try it. It's insane because they are all like, try something new. You only live once. How can I get them to try almond milk? (sighs) Take your regular milk jug. Pour it into the toilet. (laughs) Flush twice so there's no residue. (laughs) Take your almond milk jug. Pour it into your regular milk jug. Return it to the fridge. Wow. Clean, nobody will know the difference. Simple. If you're correct in what you're saying, nobody will know a fucking thing. Yeah. Wow. So are we done? Or do we want do to say anything Do you have advice else? for her? I don't know. Um, I do think that it's frustrating when you are up against family members that are in one context saying, hey, like, try new things. Be bold. You only live once. And then really stuck in their ways about other little things yeah. where you're trying to push them. Um, And you can often run into that dynamic where if you're the child and then the parents are like, no, it's this way because we're the parents. Um, But but also trying to insist that you grow and try new things. So this is a really frustrating example of that. Um, And so I think that part of the approach that you could take if you're not going to do just the milk to milk switcheroo, um, (laughs) which, you know, since there's no consent and you may have I don't know if someone in your family has a nut allergy. I would just look into that. I'm not saying you jizz in the almond milk. This isn't that Excellent. scenario so glad. <laughs> 10 weeks ago where the roommate was jizzing in the food that he right, was assuming right. his roommate was eating of his. Um, no, but I oh, mean... Oh, you, d- you didn't mean a nut allergy like, <laughs> like that. No, like some people get violently ill from consuming nuts such as almonds. Uh, okay, gotcha. I mean, I think this person, I think she would know if someone in her family had a nut allergy. She wouldn't be pushing the, the almond milk so hard that unless that, you're trying to off your brother. I think if you're telling your kids about your nut allergy in that way, you're sharing a little bit too much information. Maybe. But anyway, um, I think sharing the, your frustrations with the discrepancy between their perspectives mm-hmm. could help your case. Uh, you could think about a past experience oh. that some of your family members had one or two of them where maybe they initially were resistant to something and then over time changed their minds, came to saw the bene- see the benefit of it. Also, this seems like a very small change to make. They can always go back yeah. and stop drinking almond milk. Yeah. Like, I'm a little confused as to why they're so resistant. I have a, a theory that okay. is unlikely but possible. Okay. If they're Let's listeners of this podcast and they're okay. more Robites than Morganites, if they're more on Team Rob, <laughs> maybe, and not that our advice is mutually exclusive, but occasionally it's at odds. Maybe uh-huh. they just um, like my advice, kind of my strategy for making people feel good about their recommendations, which is when someone wants to take me to a rec- to like a ice cream place that they really like, I'm going to start off by saying... No, this isn't going to be good. This looks gross. Like really resist it as much as you can. Be as reluctantly going along as possible. And then when you first try it, act like you it's just undeniably good. And they were so right. They're like, you know what? I came in here with so much doubt. What fuck is this good? And they'll just erupt. They'll love it because they won you over. And the more resistance that you give up front the more they're going to be satisfied that you actually, actually, this thing is so good. They had to turn, they had to do a whole 180 and like eat dirt or what's the, eat turd. What did he say? Put their foot in their mouth. They had to really eat humble pie. That's it. (laughs) Not turd. Eat humble pie. I think eat dirt would have worked. They had to eat dirt and admit that this thing is so good. And now they're on my team. So maybe your family is doing that to make you feel good. Wow. Long shot, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that we have a few strategies. I mean, maybe they're worried about uh, just getting too progressive. Maybe they're worried about suddenly being vegan or you know too smug, sure. driving Priuses, all these things. Yeah, just assure them that Sniffing it's just almond milk. It's just a little bit of almond milk. Not gonna hurt you. It's good for you. I'm 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 a drinker of almond milk. I'm drinking the almondade. Yeah, I'd I love like it. to posit some other advice that milk is for babies and grow up. Hmm. Nuts are for men. No, 
almond milk is milk. What are you, an almond baby? Oh. <laughs> no, I'm certainly closer, more but similar come to out a of calf than I am an almond baby, a little almondlet. Are you a mound? Is that a candy bar featuring almonds? Well, mound, well, almond joy, mound. I was just presenting an alternative viewpoint. No, I'm not a piece of candy. Okay. You just eye candy to me. To much of the world. <laughs> Arm candy to some, eye candy to many. Ah, I love that. Ear candy to you, the listener, right Ooh. now. We're not getting into ASMR, don't worry. Aren't we? Okay. I don't know. I, think I have an, inter- going I have an internal of, a lot of different directions. I have it. some some segment ideas that <gasps> oh. are really going to make you say, like what? Okay. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I forgot to be on board there for a second. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> I'm not going to pitch them now. Okay. What's the next light? Great. I'm glad, we went, I'm glad we went down that rabbit hole only to go, no thanks. Okay. Good but rabbit. Choo, choo, choo. <laughs> This Pika, one is from. Pika. It turns out Pikachu was behind the lightning storm the whole time. <laughs> he, he's kind of lightningy. His tail is lightning zigzag or something. He's got something zigzag going on, right? I met this girl who didn't know who Pikachu was, and I was fucking pissed. Gone. <laughs> I was like, um, this is so unreasonable of me right now. But why? Wow. How the fuck you couldn't don't date you know her? who Pikachu is? You no, couldn't... no, couldn't even look at her. Okay, weird. Um, all right, <laughs> this question. Couldn't come near her. <laughs> I guess you were being too Pikachu-y. <laughs> oh, okay. or too Pikachu. Fuck, just go. <laughs> oh my God, my joke. My joke just landed better than Rob's. Did everyone else hear this? This too, is an unprecedented. Too <laughs> both too work. It's funny that Pikachu has both picky and choosy, like very close to yeah. it in its name, and that's so. Go ahead. Okay, so Sinard six. Some random person is talking to me. Help. So I met this random guy yesterday who started a conversation with me at Starbucks and me being don't know how to cut him off. So we talked for an hour and he Mm. asked for my Twitter handle. And today he DM me. What do I do? Parentheses. I don't want to talk to him. How do I reject him in the nicest way possible? Yep. Tough situation. Been yep, there. been there. Very Done valuable that. skill to learn. Exactly. That's will, why I picked this question. <laughs> mm, as you practice this, you will also gain confidence in your ability to reject and seek out new connections with people you're actually interested in. So you're yeah. barking up the right tree, Missy. Definitely. Definitely. People don't often say that you're barking up the right tree, but in this case, you got the right you're tree. Always to bark on the up. wrong tree. Yeah, people with that expression tend yeah. to focus on the wrong trees. <laughs> yeah, it's like seeing the forest half empty. Mm hmm. Anyway, so you're barking up the right tree. <laughs> How do you do it, Morgan? How does one do it? You have okay. more experience of course, turning men down than I do. An option oh. is yeah. do nothing. Block him, just leave it alone, just sure. nip in the bud. There could I be get that other, you don't want to do that. There could be some Googling and then an email, and there could be a Facebook friend request, there could be an Instagram DM that follow. I think it's better for his sake and for your sake to to practice expressing this. Yes, if I'm just saying. Safe. I'm just saying yeah. it's not a requirement you, you that you to have to respond. That's true. That's true. However, this could be happening hundreds of times a day to you from various parties. Yes, it does. Right, it does. It does. Yes. And you well, can't respond to everyone. Not necessarily to everybody getting hundreds of messages. No, but I mean, like, oh, I, I meant like just all around the world. Like, <laughs> oh, this yeah. is happening but globally, to, everywhere. It's to an individuals <laughs> who have a certain amount of fame or popularity yes, within yes. a group, that does yes, happen. Yes. An overwhelming number. Or if you're on a dating site or something. And you cannot spend fucking hours of your time politely rejecting all these people and doing all that mental gymnastics of how do you care about their feelings Mm -hmm. you're responsible for your own feelings he's responsible for his own feelings of hurt yeah it is good that you care about being kind also uh, care more about establishing your boundary and not wasting your time he can do better than somebody who is just humoring (laughs) him you know yeah you don't have to enable from his point of view if you are like thinking from his perspective he doesn't probably want to be with somebody who's listening to him out of charity. There are people who would be genuinely interested in him, and he's wasting his time by being with somebody who's just being polite. Um, I think that sometimes in these scenarios, these people are lonely and maybe don't have someone better to talk to. However, that's that a really helpful there. framework for, for you to think about the rejection through. Yeah. Uh, and that's even a, potentially a way to word it, of saying, you know what, actually, I really appreciate you reaching out to me, but I'm actually not interested. You don't need Thank to explain you. why you're not interested. That's often a big thing of like, he may ask why, what, did I do something? How can mm-hmm. I do better? You don't have to tell yeah, him Yeah, you that. can just say, I'm not interested. Yeah, Thank you. That's fine. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a, I, I enjoyed our conversation, but I'm not. She interested. didn't enjoy their conversation. I would recommend okay. not saying that if it's not true. Yeah, sure. Um, 
If you enjoyed the, something about it, you could about focus the on that if it helps way you. Possible. Um, yeah, don't so, worry about being nice right now. Is my advice like, yeah. like don't be, right. you don't need to add you don't need to give him a list of don't all the things you dickery. dislike about. Yeah, like don't spend effort to hurt this person. It's good that you care about how your actions affect other people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that it's because of that, it's nicer to give a response, which is I'm not interested. Sorry. Yep. Yep. So even without the sorry is fine. You don't need to apologize yeah. for not being interested. Definitely. But I mean, the only thing, you. yeah, the only thing that in theory, I'm not recommending that you do this, but in theory that you could apologize for is, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't communicate this to you earlier, but or, I'm not yeah, interested. Or you could say, I wish I had. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing that this person needs to do or change to be more appealing to you. You yeah. don't want that. Um, you know, move along little doggy. As long as your energy is firm in the no and not inviting more response or yeah. at all confusing or conflicted, it's, you know, just cut yeah. it off. You can say, I appreciate your, appreciated our conversation. I appreciated that you were interested in pursuing me. You know, you can say something thanking them for the investment they've made. That yeah. way they maybe can feel a little bit, their pride won't be so potentially wounded of like, well, fine. I didn't want to, it's like, I appreciated the energy exchange that we had and I don't wish to continue. I'd recommend I use those words. If you're going to be pushing yourself anyway, try just yeah. being completely honest and not Ooh, having to manufacture yeah. it and then see, maybe you do feel like a little bit of a dick afterwards and you want to next time sugarcoat things a little bit more, but cross the, give yourself permission to cross the line once this time. And like, yeah. you know, don't be over mean, but like if you didn't appreciate the conversation at all, you don't need to pepper that this sugarcoat it with, I really enjoyed our conversation, but I'm not interested. Yeah. Just say I'm not interested and see yeah. how that feels. And yeah. his reaction is not your responsibility. I think even more important than how you treat this particular situation. Next is, time at Starbucks. Yes. Yeah. Recognizing that you gave a way higher investment to this person than you wanted mm-hmm. to an hour of your time and your contact information. Yeah. I know that often we're sitting there and we're going, it's just easier it, to what? She probably got a follow out of it. <laughs> it's easier to just let it happen to you and just kind of wait it out and then get, give them the phone number. So they feel like they got something mm-hmm. and then you're like, okay, I can deal with this later and right. you know, deal with it. Sure. Not in person. But the problem with that is then it, it undervalues your time to yourself. Yep. It encourages you and to go you to really going down about. a path. Yeah. Yeah, save your time and energy for the people that you want to give it to, yeah. the people that you appreciate, that bring you value. And, you know, remember this experience of, ugh, remember how uncomfortable it was and how much time I wasted uh, just stewing, mm-hmm. sitting there, absorbing all of this person's energy that I just really didn't want to. It didn't serve me yeah. at all. Let's nip that in the bud next time. Yeah. Um, without being too, you know, disappointed in yourself. But trust me, I said about, I set this intention all the time to set boundaries sooner and sooner and sooner. And it's always hard. I find myself sitting there and just like, like have this like thought in my mind that I'm just like trying not to poop out. That's like, Oh my God, I'm hating this. I'm hating this. I'm hating this. I'm hating this. What do I do? Oh my God, this is my pattern. I'm just repeating this thing where I let them talk to me. And So what's something that you can say at Starbucks when you've talked to somebody for 10 minutes and you're like, Oh, I didn't want to talk to them for 30 seconds. Yeah. What yeah. do you say at that point? I have often look, look, picked up my phone, mm-hmm. looked down at it and go, Oh shoot! I have to go. Yep. Nice talking to you. And then just leave. Don't yep. even let them really don't say a goodbye. Don't need to give them an explanation. You don't need to say what you're going to. Some people that. will just keep talking your ear yep. off and will not listen to the signals. It doesn't matter what you're saying. Don't expect nonverbals to do this for you. And don't expect there to be a neat and tidy right. Like they don't conclusion. need to accept you're leaving. No, no. You don't need to get their permission. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I love this. I, th- I think so too. And to help you do that, I, um, if it bothered you that you spent that much time talking to them at Starbucks, think about what you wished you were doing yeah. instead and write that down of what do I value more than talking to the stranger that I don't want to talk to Yeah, and recognize you can start making a list of values that way. The way to take control of your time and stop being reactive to other people's requests is acknowledge and value that you value other things more. So that email that someone's asking you to respond to that's going to take an hour, mm-hmm. you don't need to respond to that if you have something in mind that, oh, actually, I care more about finishing this book or I care more about yeah. writing my journal or exercising or yeah. calling my mom or 
playing this game with this friend I want to catch up with, anything like that. Yeah. You yeah. determine your own values and then you start to take control of your own time. I often do this when I am re- reflecting on a way that I spent money that I felt was mm-hmm. too much. I'll be like, okay, so I spent $80 more than I wanted to spend on you know X, Y, or Z. Okay, so what sometimes it makes me feel better us, to yeah. think about in the future, uh, what can I think twice about before spending money on? Yeah, and almost mentally kind of reclaim that money for myself. I kind of want, of doing wanted that. you to do it right now. What's something yeah. that's easy to spend too much money on for you? Oh my god, everything. Really? Um, well, there's some things yeah. more than others, though, right? Of course, of course. What's something um, that sometimes is, clothes? I'll clothes. say, I'll say clothes. Yeah. What's the what do I ask uh, myself yeah, when I shop? Yeah, like yeah. what makes it easy with clothes like that? What does it mean to you to spend more money on clothes? Yeah, so when I'm out like spending money on clothes, I often get super into buying into this idea of the person that I'm going to be once mm-hmm. I start wearing these clothes. Like, yeah. ooh, it's this way of escaping who I am now and mm-hmm. not being comfortable with accepting just like however I'm showing up now in the world. And I buy into this fantasy. And so it's taking that pause to go, hmm, do I really need this? If I put it back and walked out of this store, would I remember this item? Would I feel sad that I didn't purchase mm-hmm. it? Why do I feel this enhanced sense of urgency that if I don't get the shirt right now, I'm not going to be the person I want to be. And then therefore I'm going to be a failure. And then da-da-da. And then I go, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> This isn't about the shirt. This is about me trying to fill some other yes. void and escaping into it. Um, and, and so what does allowing that, allowing yourself to give all of that time away to that other person mm-hmm. potentially allow you to avoid or deny? There's another way of thinking about that. Mm-hmm. What is that telling you? I, uh, I just want to remind everyone that for the last century, we've been living in a world that is uh, purposely poking those holes and putting those voids in you to sell you shirts and a million other products. Yes. Since the time of Ibernay's Sigmund Freud's nephew, um, modernizing the advertising industry into what we know today. Uh, did you recently read about this? This seems real fresh on the mind. It has come up recently. Yes. But I I learned about it a couple of years ago uh, when I was working at ADHD, they did a cartoon about it that I really liked. Um, Since the 1920s and uh, this change in advertising, there, the whole society is yeah. the, the culture is um, pointing out flaws and making them people feel disgusting at your about ego it, and, and <laughs> reminding you of why you suck in little subtle ways and max mm-hmm. um, agitating your pain points. Yes, and offering as a solution spending a little bit money on a thing that will make you feel different and. It, that you're uh, you're treating symptoms, not the disease, by buying a shirt. Yeah. Wow. And that, really sometimes it's good to treat there. symptoms for a moment, but if you're yeah. habitually treating symptoms and never the disease, that's where all your money goes, and that's where all yeah. your attention goes, and that's yeah. you'll you will suffer that until you address the underlying problems. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that an underlying unconscious potential problem. I don't want to put too negative a label on it. Um, that this new listener <laughs> is having is yeah, they're definitely she doesn't, now. she doesn't value her time enough. Yeah. Um, and that's common. Yes. Oh my God. I don't value my time enough. Fuck that. We're taught nah. not to, yeah. I mean, that's what school is. You're going to be in school for these hours. <laughs> what you want doesn't really matter. You're going to get this many hours of homework a night, whether you're learning from it or not. Like the teacher is trying to assign you two hours a night people aren't taught to value their time. So it's a very forgivable mistake and one that I hope that you can recover from. Fuck yeah. Next lightning round question. Give it to me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, This one comes to us from Juchiha 1998. That's can't possibly be right pronunciation. I'm thinking about writing a fantasy novel, but don't know where to start. I've wanted to write a book for a while now. I have a ton of ideas, but I've never really known where to start. Any help is greatly appreciated. Uh, start by writing a short story if you haven't hmm. done that and then expand it. I haven't written a novel either, but I think that uh, the bigger the project is initially, the more resistance yeah. you'll have to starting and it's yeah. better to start and do something small and then grow it instead of aim for something big initially and then never do it. You ready for me to drop a bomb? Please. I have written a novel. I've never done anything with it, but it exists. Um... And what I agree. Uh, sci-fi-ish. 
Um, so it's one of those things that I started out with. I mean, I, I totally agree, like making it into bite-sized pieces because the idea of just like, I'm going to write a novel makes you think, makes you think you're going to sit down at a computer over the course of one day and just bang it the fuck out and like, and then boom, mm-hmm. but no, um, it makes it a total mountain of a project and starting to write just you know partially requires that you sit down and start writing something mm-hmm. silencing your critic temporarily while you're developing ideas while you're trying to find your creative voice while you're thinking about what is it that my world could include and who are the characters and the creatures and the setting just sit sit your critic down somewhere else outside of the room and say hey look We've had some great years together. I need you to just leave me alone for a little bit while I start generating some ideas. We can edit it later, but let's get some stuff down on paper. Um, And then sort of tackling it from one angle to start. Like what piece of the fantasy novel is the most interesting Mm -hmm. to you? Mm Is it the genre? Is it a certain character you want to explore? Is it a certain world that you're developing? Is it one certain rule for how your world operates that like fascinates you? Your novum. Your novum. What that's called in sci-fi. The really? thing that makes that world different from ours. Ah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like her is novum is what if our artificial intelligence assistants uh, could fall in love with us? Yeah. My novel was what if all of our, we all drew from the same shared pool of life force. Mm-hmm. I mean, spoiler alert, like we kind of do. Oh, um, anyway, so. Let me just, uh, one quick diversion on sci-fi. Sure. Estrange is the familiar to allow us to see it clearly, like yes. much good fiction, yes. but science fiction in particular uh, makes something familiar strange yeah. so that we can evaluate it uh, without yeah. our preconceived notions. And then at the end or somewhere along the way, we're supposed to think, yeah. oh, wait, that's like my life. And I, I never approached gender roles that way, but I could see the difference in how that fucked up that is between these two aliens. Yeah. But I thought just men and women were supposed to be <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. choose one piece or one element of the story that yeah. you want to tell and get really into it, develop mm-hmm. it. Because one thing that, I think, again, holds people back is getting started, of Mm -hmm. course. Um, But then also reading other novels that are like, especially in the fantasy genre, so complex, so well-developed and going, oh my God, how in the fuck am I going to write something like that when all I have is the seed of an idea? Well, start watering the seed. Start developing it. Make it something that you invest in and that you care about. See the ways that it can expand in complexity. um, And then... Build in other pieces around that. Yeah. Once you have something that has some momentum that you get excited about. You can only see the bark of that tree, of that finished book that you're looking at. And there are many, many rings of drafts and sketches on the inside of uh, yeah. that finished novel that you're comparing your sapling to. Yeah. That's not a fair comparison. Fair. You're missing the gap as, uh, what's his face, Ira Glass calls it, of um, when you admire some type of art greatly and you compare your attempts with those of someone that you admire, you don't realize that they sucked worse than you at some point. And they were willing to keep going on faith that it would get better. Yeah. And um, so that's a, it's a great error to be product focused as you're starting a new artistic pursuit. You have to be process focused and notice, compare yourself to who you were yesterday instead of who someone else is today. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, Do you want to do one more lightning round question or do you want to just get right into the meat? I'm ready for meat if you are. I think Is I'm ready Is it a good too. lightning round question? Um, it's kind of a shitty one, huh? No, I have... No, this is a... I like okay, this one. let's do it. Let's okay, do it. we'll do it. I think we'll knock it out real quick. Right. Uh, this one comes to us from Leox God. How do I ask my best friend when is her period? I, male 15, want to ask my best friend, female 15, when is her period, just so I don't get on her nerves that much in her tense periods. She says that I never make her feel uncomfortable and she never got mad at me and I want to keep it that way. Is it okay, even okay, if I ask? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm so sorry for laughing at this well, question. So it's just so cute. Is it it's okay so to ask? sweet <laughs> yeah. that you're even thinking about sweet. this and you're trying to be sensitive to her like feminine needs. Mm-hmm. And it's adorable. And I think so many, so many men, boys, men of all ages, see this as this like, ooh, big scary thing and it's unfamiliar and I don't even know how to do it and react to it with fear or disgust or whatever. And you're just 
trying to come up with a great way to take care of her mm. and to help meet her needs during a time when it potentially is a little harder. She might be a little mm. more sensitive. Don't presuppose any of her symptoms, though. That would be one piece of advice I have for you. Oh, Don't yeah, say because you're going to be pissy. How can I not be? How can I not uh, piss you off? Um, but you can say, hey, like I really want to kind of help you understand the rhythms that you're going through. So when, let me know when you're on your period. And if you have anything extra that you need, any extra kind of support, I'd be love to provide it. I'm just curious. I, I don't know. That I, could be weird. I can imagine a woman uh, not liking that language choice of let me help you understand the rhythms that you're going through. That could just feel like some kind of mansplaining like i'll sure. know i'll understand your rhythms let me tell right, you what's right, happening in your right, body right. the cycles the moon <laughs> yeah menstruation yeah sure, sure, um, sure i agree but to get to the heart of your question you don't have to ask you can always smell when a woman's on her period <laughs> <laughs> just just get close you know tie your shoe while you're sitting next to each other in the movies and just go for a whiff and you'll be able to tell uh, Iron like. Please do not do smell that. Smell of blood. What are you? What are you? Not part shark. You don't got any ampullae of Lorenzini. What? You can't detect electrical impulses. Come on, just sniff for the iron in the air. Bears can do it from miles away. You can't. One one piece of advice I do have is mm. uh, to ask her in general what kind of treatment makes her feel more comfortable. Uh, if there's anything that's irritating to her, just generalized, not like it's happening specifically during her period. Mm. Um, but just a, any, if you're interested in better ways to take care of her and yeah. ways to meet her needs, that can happen at any time of the month. doesn't yeah, have to yeah. be the time of the month. I think that's actually, that's great advice. And another way to get her to open up about her period to you is to just start talking about your nocturnal emissions. Maybe <laughs> like having that kind of personal disclosure with her yeah. um, could invite her to get vulnerable too. Like you can be like, Hey, my body's releasing this liquid in a way that I'm not in control Hi, of. I'm changing. Yeah, Help. you don't have to be a puny little wad about it, like Morgan <laughs> just insinuated. But try not to be a wad in general. Try not to be a wad. But if you maybe open up about what your nocturnal emissions are like and how it's ruining your clothes, she might bite and say, "You know what? It's not the exact same thing. It's not the exact same color. It doesn't smell the same. It still has its own odor, but." So something is ha something is happening in me too that is somewhat analogous. Yeah, confusing, potentially embarrassing. At approximately the same rate, good. it's a couple every couple of weeks that you haven't touched yourself, you have a nocturnal emission. Every couple of weeks, whether I touch myself or not, I'm visited <laughs> by my aunt Flo. <sighs> yeah, I think that she will appreciate your attempt to be a good friend. Yeah. If it can be not centered around her period, great. Yeah. But you don't have to feel so embarrassed about it. In general, I think women want to feel like they're not different when they're on and off their period. They're just, they're people all the time and you, you don't have to like skirt around it in a weird way. I mean, maybe mm -hmm. that, maybe I'm generalizing. I don't know. Maybe some women are like super bashful about it. But if you are going to skirt around but normalize it, maybe it. a dark skirt. <laughs> yeah. Maybe crimson. Not a white skirt. Yeah. I wear, I definitely wear black and crimson underwear Hell when yeah. I am having my period. Yeah. Buy her some of those period panties that are made to be perioded all over. <laughs> Don't buy her any period paraphernalia. Get Leave her, that to her. Get her a diva cup. <laughs> I do love my diva cup, but I still use tampons. Hell yeah, girl. Okay. So oh, the storm has passed. Well, should we uh, dive right into the main event? The skies are clear. The sun is shining. Children rejoice in the streets. So is that a yes or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get to the okay. question. So this question comes to us from Slap My Bulge. Girl I'm FWB with, friends with benefits. Yeah. That's going to come up a few more times. Uh, wanting to date and she wants to date me. Dropped a bomb on me. So pretty much this girl I've been talking to for like maybe a month, one day, decided to be friends with benefits, FWB, with me. She told me that she wants to have an only each other FWB, meaning that <laughs> only me and her are each other's FWB. I said, okay, and we set off from there. Uh -huh. We wanted to date each other, but today she dropped a bomb on me. She told me that she wants a polyamorous relationship, parentheses, open relationship, and that people call her weird for wanting that. I told her that I'm supportive towards her, but I don't think I could do that. What should I do? 
Um, <clears throat> I uh, feel your pain, man. It's a tough situation to be in. Um, it sounded like there was some concern from the start or mixed mm. feelings about how much uh, exclusivity they wanted when they asked you to be friends with benefits, but only each other's friends with benefits. I'm not sure how that differs from boyfriend, girlfriend, but I recognize that everybody yeah. has different interpretations of these labels and that could yeah. have been threatening or felt like a scary level of commitment to make to each other yeah. to say like, do you want to date or be boyfriend, girlfriend or something else that would imply uh, exclusivity of who you're getting your benefits from. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it sounds like you guys were yeah. friends first and they yeah. scary to have that threatened no like <laughs> oh. here you've had benefits and now it's like ooh, do i give up my benefits and does the friendship go with them mm. is this a package deal all of a sudden or do in order to maintain the friendship do i have to allow them benefits with other people and what if that yeah. hurts me and i don't want to deal with that pain i think you have every right to, to ask to not be in that situation and they have a right to say no i want to get other benefits from other friends? Uh, a pattern I kind of noticed in the in the wording of this question, mm -hmm. uh, which may or may not be totally true, but it kind of sounds like uh, slap my bulge is acting kind of reflexively based on what the, the girl is wanting. Yeah. Um, and well, I, I, yeah, right, right. Yeah. Bulge. This has to be. Yeah, it's it has not to be, a okay. big clip. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a dick. yeah, yeah. He said girl multiple times. So this girl uh, seems to be kind of saying, okay, I want this and now I want this. And mm -hmm. you're just kind of going, okay, okay, okay. I think I can do that. And yeah. then now when she's saying she wants to expand it out, uh, you're going, ooh, well, I don't really know if I want that. And so first of all, I just want to say like, good on you for checking in with yourself yeah. and being like, Maybe this isn't something I want. And I think that you, uh, a great place to start this conversation is actually with yourself yeah. and figuring out what do you want out right. of this relationship? What are you comfortable with? What's your ideal? Mm -hmm. And then kind of uh, merging that with the reality of, okay, what does she want? Where do those things align? Where is there misalignment? And then figuring out a more detailed structure from there. Yes. And I want to... Uh say that it's okay to not have the answers to those questions. It is often something people expect. Like if someone asked me what I want from a relationship and I didn't know, and that's a source of shame for them. Mm. You might not know what you want until you are handed what you don't want. And it's, it's okay <laughs> yeah. to change your mind and revise what you want over time. Um, right. And you may find yourself doing that right now a bit with pieces of this. Like, do you actually want to be friends with this person? Do you want to have a sexual relationship with them? Do yeah. you want to have a sexual relationship with them if they want or are acting on sexual feelings for other people? And it's okay yeah. for the answer to be no to any of those things. It's also okay for the answer to be yes. There may be a lot mm -hmm. of pressure from other sources in your life to say like that polyamory is bad or an open relationship is shameful or mm -hmm. like a uh, Or weird. A I mean, of, she's yeah. getting that. She's getting feedback that it's weird. Sure. A, a lot of the dominant mainstream culture will say that um for any listeners who don't know should we define polyamory absolutely okay i think you should i should okay yeah. um you have it, a more succinct definition than i do <laughs> thanks <laughs> means uh multiple loves uh, like it's a belief that a person can love feel sexual desire for more than one person at a time mm -hmm. and usually that goes with the leaf the belief that uh one does not <laughs> usually the goes leaf. with a maple leaf. <laughs> and we leaves. have a nice pairing of an oak leaf no. and a polyamorous oh, relationship. I was almost succinct. We almost had like a sound bite <laughs> that we could have put on the website. You could uh, start over. We could do it again. No, it's not. Uh, it often comes with the belief that uh, having attraction for love for one person does not diminish the attraction or love felt for another. Right. It denies the theory that love is a scarcity. Yeah, and a zero-sum yes, game. Yes, yes. Which is the dominant operating uh, ideal of love since the 1800s, I believe, is about when we got this idea of love. <laughs> I but believe. Like, the, rom the romantic notion of love right. used to be something that was ridiculed in popular culture. And like uh, 
Shakespeare wrote Romeo and Juliet as a satire of look at how fucking dumb this type of love is. And now we hold yeah. this up as like, it's beautiful. To, uh, uh, what is she, 12? Like a 16-year-old and a 12-year-old <laughs> commit suicide after knowing each other for three days. And we're like, that's true love. That was that was not written as an ideal yeah. of what the, the beauty of love is. That's like, here's how dumb people can be by thinking that another person when completes them love. as their whole world. Yeah, yeah like... Um, so yeah. I ran over on that, but no, I love the, it. the idea I of love modern it. love, many people take for granted as a universal that's been with us forever. And it's a pretty recent thing. Yeah. Yeah. And there is, uh, evolutionary and biological evidence that we did not evolve that way. And mm-hmm. that that causes a lot of strife for people in relationships, sexual, uh, and emotional exclusivity, relying on one person only to yeah. meet all of your very diverse needs and trying to force them into that box. Yes. Um, and it also, uh, you know, buys into, I don't know, let me, let me start that sentence over. The other thing it denies is the fact that we're all polyamorous in terms of friendship. We wouldn't, yeah. Just have one best friend. Oh, some people do it this way. Have one best friend that, you know, is to the exclusion of all other sources of friendship. I'd love to talk about that with you some other time. Let's just dog ear that for another episode. But uh, that pattern that I observe, particularly in women, I think, mm. um, I, I have a lot to say on. <laughs> okay, great. But, but um, go on. Yes. Okay. So we wouldn't be, be uh, monoamorous about friends. Right. And any friend that would ask you not to have other friends... It's one that you might be skeptical of. Yeah. Um, there are valid other reasons for a person to want mono, amory, and in a sexual or um, romantic sense. Of course. And it's totally a valid option. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think most people never ask themselves what they really want or consider that they could have something that strays yes. from the yes. monogamous uh, relationship escalator. Yeah. So congratulations that you guys are even exploring this yeah. and introducing that into the friendship. Asking yourself this question is healthy and will strengthen your belief in whatever choice you do make. And it also requires you to have more intimate conversations mm-hmm. and to get more open and honest with each other and to open doors that you wouldn't have necessarily opened uh, within the friendship, inviting this other part of, of relating to each other in. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, Rob and I definitely experienced an immense increase in our intimacy as a result of having dated in the past, trying Mm -hmm. that out. Um, And I think that I want to also instill hope, slappy, um, that (laughs) if you try something and it doesn't work and there's distance for a while, there's weirdness for a while, there's an inequity of feelings, that can still mean a good relationship long term. It can still mean that you continue to tinker with it and readjust and you don't lose access completely to this person. Uh, you may not have the kind of relationship or interactions that you want from them all the time. There may be some phases that you have to go through, but time does heal a lot. And if your connection with this person is strong and has survived probably some of the challenges of being navigating the friends with benefits relationship, I think that I want to, uh, inspire you that both the open relationship is possible if you want it potentially and both scaling back and saying, you know what, this actually isn't aligned with my needs right now that hopefully, um, that won't be something that, you know, she's not gonna go, Oh, fine. Then fuck you. I don't want to have any relationship with you ever and stick to it. (laughs) There was a friendship there and maybe that friendship was, uh, just built on a timid, uh, unexpressed sexual desire from the Hmm. beginning, Mm -hmm. but more likely there were some things that you liked about each other that were beyond how your bodies felt close to each other, um, that were uh, about, you know, shared interests or a way of communicating or laughing together or something like that, some shared perspective or or compliment that you gave to each other. And that is something that you can still find again, even if your sexual relationship ends. I yeah. think the most important thing in heal- making that process go smoothly is to own your own feelings and communicate them to each other. Uh, it hurt when Morgan told me that she didn't want to have a sexual relationship with me anymore. And I told her and I didn't think that I should feel that way. I thought that I should be tough about it and cool. And I told her that, too. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I don't like that 
I'm hurt by this. And I think that I want to be like, oh, it's no big deal. And my temptation yeah. was to tell her, oh, it's no big deal, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I was feeling disappointed and yeah. hurt. And it was important that I told her that so that I didn't then I think if I had tried to just suck it up and act cool about it, I would have acted passively aggressive towards her, uh, passive aggressively. I mm -hmm. would have um, avoided her because of feelings that I was not admitting to myself or her, and then yeah. a discomfort that came whenever she was around. I had to be honest with her and with myself and other people who knew about a relationship and that I maybe felt embarrassed in front of that, like, oh, they know that I got rejected yeah. by this girl that I'm friends with and that yeah. we started hooking up and, like, I was getting hopeful so it was important for me yeah. to express all that. And um, maybe you're not at that point where you feel comfortable doing that yet. Maybe you haven't grown quite as much as I have. <laughs> wow, self-righteous much? Um, I couldn't say it yeah, seriously. Yeah, I yeah. didn't know how to do that without making it overly smug as a joke. I mean, yeah. But there yeah, is I don't know. You could have not said it. That. Um, but, but, but don't you agree <laughs> that it, it took me a lot of fucking growth to get to that point? Like yes, I didn't, of course. When I was 16 or whatever, I wouldn't have been able to do that. No. I wouldn't have like recognized the emotion in me, found it valuable enough to communicate to another person yeah. and like owned it as my problem and not something that they had to deal with for me. Yeah. And I mean, I think that as the person who is delivering that information, you anticipate that it's going to be disappointing and hurtful and uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's the least I felt like so honored. Uh, I mean, of course, uncomfortable, but honored that he felt comfortable enough with me to share that he was having a difficult emotional experience with it. And then we got to hold it together and practice opening that door to a different type of intimacy of like, here we are, this is the reality. And I didn't feel, I had to do my part to not feel like, oh, I need to change how I feel or change how I'm, right. what I'm doing in order to take that feeling away from him. But it gave us an opportunity to work together on a project of, nurturing one another mm -hmm. in our relationship as it's now defined without the sexual uh, component. And so the other thing that I think is really wonderful that I want to already congratulate you on is that you said, I told her I'm supportive towards her, but I don't think I could do that. And yeah. so the fact that you are trying to still support her lifestyle choice and uh, accepting that that's where she's at and trying not to take it out on her or, you know, uh, make it more excessively uncomfortable, but you're, yeah. you're, you're recognizing she has that need. You're recognizing your need is different. And so what do you do? Okay. Figure out what your need is. Yeah. It's not that. So what is it? What right. do you want in a partner? What do you want in a relationship? What do you want sexually? Um, and answering those questions is building a self and the mm -hmm. more of a self that you have, the more there is to give to another person. And when you say, I love you, there has to be an I that is established as something independent from the you for that love to have meaning. If you think that you, if, if I is the same as you, then where, where's the love traveling? It's just the, your, your feelings and your desires are not, um, bound to hers. Unique and distinct. Or, oh, it, I meant in that scenario. Yes, yes yeah. they wouldn't be. Um, so yeah. like it's going to hurt to answer these questions, to even face this stuff, you're probably going to yeah. want to escape it with video games or jerking off or, you know, crying. Yeah. Crying is good. That's, that's not a problem. Or some um, other person exercise, sex with or yeah, whatever. Finding yeah. somebody else to immediately like mm -hmm. have a crush on and not deal with the pain of this loss or this mm -hmm. complicated, whatever comes up. But like you're growing for confronting this stuff and answering these questions for yourself. So like, yeah. Give it time and give yourself space to do this important work. And it's okay to do some of those distracting, escaping things. Yes, yes. They Absolutely. don't have to be, you can do that thing and then come back to it. And it may be better to like space it out that way. Yeah. But if you only smoke weed instead of answering these questions and you find yourself doing that every day, <laughs> yeah. that's a problem. Yeah. Then, yeah. then you you're don't not, grow. You're not yeah. defining yourself and you find yourself in this situation again 10 years from now and you missed the opportunity to grow from yeah. interfacing with your feelings and like expressing yeah. them to another person. And well, really, you're just going to keep getting that same lesson over and over again until you learn it. Yes. So, you know, you might as well learn it as you feel comfortable with it. Yes. Um, but it can those feelings can be really intolerable, especially when this is a person who maybe you used to share those feelings mm -hmm. with and, and help the burden. So. I would also use this as an opportunity to uh, reconnect with 
other friends that you don't have any yes. sexual uh, interest in that can help you sort through these complicated things. You don't need to express all your feelings about the situation to the individual that's causing or that, that they're targeted at. And you definitely shouldn't if you can help it. Well, many of them may be good. You maybe push yourself to, I can't say you yes, definitely yes, shouldn't. Yes, yes, um, But it's, it's definitely useful to have other, like a journal, a friend, yeah. a therapist, a family member who you can talk to about these things that won't be personally as affected by the emotions because they're not aimed at them. And that's a way yeah. to process and work things out before you have a conversation with her. I just know for me, it's so much more likely that I will be minimizing or dismissive of my needs or sometimes not even mm -hmm. collect the data on like what's going on in my body or my mind when I'm with the person who it's about. Um, so I actually would say, uh, Definitely try to talk it out with someone else, first. With someone yeah, else. not necessarily first, but just I as it first, evolves. Well, but if you do it first, then you have like a non-threatening container to even recognize that you have these yeah. thoughts and feelings, and then you're equipped with that when you go into the conversation. So you agree, with the my person. advice is better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just fucking kidding. Sure, no, I'm just I'm kidding. Talk to I don't my mom that. about this conversation <laughs> and you a lot tonight before I get back to you on how I feel about you. <laughs> Excellent. I can't wait for your okay. unbiased results. Um, yeah polyamory, open relationship stuff, friends with benefits, any relationship, even within the dynamics of like the normal quote unquote framework mm -hmm. are hard mm -hmm. and messy. And there's no necessarily like right or wrong answers. Yes. Um, it's about, okay, what's my relationship with myself? What's my relationship with this person? And getting as clear as you can about how you see those things panning out and what you, what you want out of them. Mm-hmm and taking the easiest steps you can towards procuring that. It's, it's biting off a lot, but if you bite off a little less, maybe you can chew it. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, and as you chew, you, more teeth come in. <laughs> Just like in the human body. The more you've ch chewed, uh. <laughs> that's why your wisdom teeth come in for most people in their early 20s. Uh. It's the amount of chews you've taken. <laughs> that uh, determine when your wisdom teeth come in. Yeah, it's a choose your own adventure. Yeah, it's a chew your own adventure. It's a Pikachu. It's a picky chew. It's a big leg chew. <laughs> it's a piglet from Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> it's a choo-choo train. <laughs> it's a um, drops of Jupiter. Yeah. Um, honestly, like I do, mm -hmm. I feel so connected to this situation, you know, because we've been through some uh, tough stuff, some foibles, mm -hmm. some, some mishaps, some shenanigans, some yeah. snafus in the, the, the dating game, the open alternative lifestyle dating yes. game. Um, and I just want to say, you know, welcome, welcome to the tribe. Yeah. Um, it's, this isn't the easier path, but we think it's, we think it's the better path. We like it. Joining the tribe. <laughs> but they already did friends with benefit. They're okay, already yeah, like, yeah. my point is like, they're already, you know, they're doing something. They're doing something. Yeah. They're exploring something alternative. <laughs> um, so give yourself the adequate, like congratulations of like even managing this friends with benefits thing mm -hmm. is hard. Um, and it's totally up to you if you take steps towards it or take steps. So, mm -hmm. so good luck. Good luck. Let us know any updates. Let us know how it goes, what you decide, how, how she handle it. What did you mm -hmm. end up doing? It takes courage Love to, to face it. your feelings and be honest with yourself about how you really feel and then be honest with another person. It takes a lot of courage. Show does. I'm proud of you for asking the question. Yeah. And uh, to all those people out there listening that may have a burning question, yeah. they can direct that to freeadvice at gmail.com. No, freeadvicepodcast. Don't, everybody put down your pens and pencils. <laughs> I made a grave error. Freeadvicepodcast at gmail.com. Even if you have a question that's like only tingling and not really burning yet, yeah. you might want to send it to us before it starts burning, just uh -huh. preemptively. Yeah. Give us a chance to decrease that tingle before it starts to mingle. Yes. No question is too dumb. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> How do you or think too this? gross. <laughs> no, definitely not too gross. No. Gross questions. I prefer. We love it. I wish that we could. You know what we haven't talked about what? today? A certain favorite part of the body. I do. The butthole. Yes. What do you want to say about our friend, the butthole, today? Uh, just the lines that radiate <laughs> out of it. It's like a mandala. A, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a mandala. People are always talking about their third eye. <laughs> what if that third eye was brown? Yeah. The poop chakra. Yeah. 
I love it. Me too. Um, how do you think this episode went? It was high energy. I think so. I liked it. It was a zinger. You want to rate it? You want to score it? Um, do I want to score it? Scale it? one to ten. Let's see. I would probably give it a seven point five. I'm pretty critical judge. You think this was worse than the previous episode? No, I didn't give the previous episode an eight out of ten. I give it an eight point five. I know you did. Would you give it? Four. says more about how you feel about yourself than the episode it oh, totally fuck, does oh, fuck, oh, fuck. yeah no it totally does because i like when i feel like i'm coming in low energy yeah. or i'm not answer like i'm pausing a bunch i'm stalling yeah. i'm not I'm not saying something meaningful enough or i'm not loose enough so i can't be funny i'm like yeah. i'm so in my head about those things and i'm still struggling with finding the right voice and feeling comfortable like diving into this persona this podcaster persona there's still a lot of um growing pains into this role for me yeah doing good work thank you i see you getting better really cool yeah absolutely i don't let's go back and listen to like fucking episode seven and episode (laughs) 21 there's gonna be a big difference really i don't even know if i would think if i would perceive it oh well let's try someday okay sure um sure Brendan's opinion of the sound of musical shows are always his opinion of his own performance. He's yeah. Like, he's like, that was oh, a yeah, bad show. Or, sure. That was a good show. For like, sure. Yeah, I'm sure you're not just feeling about you, how you did during Oh, it, I'm you? definitely doing and that. And I'm sure I do that too, but I only noticed it about Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> love you, man. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Shout out um, to B. McKay. <laughs> yeah. Well, we would love to have him on a, as a guest. We oh, talked yeah, about yeah. this a little bit Get last night. Here. Uh, right one? after Fun we have Brendan, bad Brendan or good Brendan. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Well, we got to have him on Get after the three. confabulator. Yeah. He has some fun characters. Oh, I hope he brings some characters to our podcast. Yeah. We'll remember we straight man. Him. We'll tell him that, uh, we'll tell him that he should bring his character sack. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> oh, ding dong. Josh. Oh, good night, everybody. you know what that means guys. We got to go. Yeah. Have a good night. We love you. Tuck yourself in nice and sweet. Like, you know, we would whisper in your own ears and, uh, Sweet dreams. <laughs>